0: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn.
1: Welcome to the Hollywood Raw, Raw Rundown. My name is Adam Glynn. Uh, on the other side of the country is my buddy Dax Holtz. Here we give you the top 10 stories of the week, but this week was crazy, so we're going to have to go over it. Dax is going to give you a heads up because it's hard to pick 10 stories this week because there's so much stuff. And We want to inform you with everything going on in pop culture, celebrity world, entertainment news before the weekend. We try to get you in and out. When we first started doing this podcast, we try to make it 20 minutes and under. It's just impossible because we wound up talking and, and uh, it's just a really fun time, but uh, on the other side of the country, like I said, is my buddy Dax. How are you, bud?
0: Oh, bud, I'm hanging on by a thread today. Today was a pretty shit day, not going to lie. You
1: had, you had a rough day today. Why do you inform yeah, the audience me what's some, going on?
0: Yeah, people got to give me some grace today. I had to put down say goodbye to my doggie today after 12 years. So it's been a been a pretty rough day. She was like... You know she was like our first little fur baby. We had her before the the kids and she grew up with a you know the kids around and this is kind of now the first time that they're seeing what life's like with no doggie in the house. So it's been a pretty shit day. So I apologize if I'm all over the place, my mind is not working at a hundred percent, but I thought it was a good distraction to do this and to you know get my mind off of stuff for a little bit and give me some some happy thoughts in here.
1: I get. Well, I am sorry for a loss, and hopefully, the Raw Rundown gets you into uh, the right mode and gets you kind of back in the groove. So, I'm sorry for that. Before we get to the Raw Rundown, when you guys leave us a review, we actually read your reviews and we'll actually read your review live on air. It's the best thing to do to support this podcast. Dax. Do you have a review ready for us?
0: I got one for us. All right. This one's from Sarah SH. It says, love this show. This show is by far my favorite podcast that I listen to. I'm a working mom and it makes the mundane tasks of folding laundry, cleaning the house, cooking, et cetera, et cetera, way more enjoyable. The weekly rundowns are awesome. I wish these episodes were longer. The banter between you two hosts feels light and real. Just an awesome show. Keep up the good work. Sarah from Lewis Center, Ohio. Thank you, Sarah.
1: Sarah from Lewis Center, Ohio. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's real quick. Just take a few seconds out of your day and do that. It makes us feel great and helps us out. So, Sarah, thank you. Dax, how do you want to explain the roll rundown? How many stories do we have this week right now?
0: Today we have 47. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it feels like. I mean, it just there's so many stories that we had a hard time even like narrowing it down to the top 10. So we didn't even do that. I we've got more like twelve here, so I made like a four and a half. I made a one and a half. Um, so we're we're gonna try to get in everything. We and I had to cut a couple bigger stories out, even on top of that. So we're gonna do our best to get through what we think are the top ten stories of this week, and uh, hopefully we didn't leave anything that you guys feel was bigger than that. But uh, let's jump right into this though. So Shall we starting with number twelve. <laughs> We're going to just start with number 10. We're leaving it as top 10 because that's what we okay. do. I've just added in some point fives in the middle.
1: Perfect. All right. So starting with number 10.
0: Number 10 uh, looks like uh, Raquel uh, from Vanderpump Rules is uh, throw, making some hardball moves with Bravo. I guess they really want to get her signed in for the newest season. You know, this filming has already started for Vanderpump. And so she is one of the key players right now. They want her. They want all the drama. I mean, remember after the reunion, everyone just shat all over her for, for hours on end. And so... That would be a good storyline to have her back on the show. Well, she's playing hardball, um, saying that she wants more and as much money as possible. And here's the thing, Adam. I don't blame her. I mean, do you yeah. blame her? She is one of the key items right now to making this show continue to be a huge success for them. And she's got the power and she's taking a lot of crap for it. Why not? Stand your ground and say, I want more money. Whether you like her or not, or you approve or disapprove of the actions that she's made, she is bringing content to this show.
1: 100%. She's – it's interesting because she – they could say, you know, who else is going to take you? What other – brand? you know, I could see Bravo saying, who else is going to put you on a show? What other work are you going to be able to do? You're You're almost hated that they might mm-hmm. say – and you know you wonder if there's some brand she could do as an influencer however she's also gonna if she goes on the show she's putting herself at risk for mental for her mental wellness because you can only imagine what the abuse she's gonna take like sign out on the show you know you're gonna get hate not just from your co-stars but also the fans you're just throwing more gas on this fire so there's a lot at stake and so I, i am very curious though if when they start promoting this season, because they started filming right away, because Bravo knows they got a lot to do right now. How much more was each cast member getting? And was it like, how did the negotiations go for negotiating their new contracts?
0: I I have no idea, but I got to tell you, everyone was asking for more. This show, this reinvigorated this entire franchise over the last five months, I would say, Um, you know, and, and, What you mentioned a minute ago with the mental stability, you remember, she did have to kind of like step out of the limelight, go get some mental help. And then I think, is that worth the money? Like, you know, you're already fragile. That might not be worth the money for me. Uh, You know, like if you're struggling mentally with filming a show and the hate that comes with it, the backlash that comes back with it, is it worth getting, you know, $100,000 more a year? Some people might say yes. Other people, I, I don't know if it's worth it. That, that's a hard line to, to walk um, unless she feels like she can change the narrative and get people to start liking her again.
1: The show was such a success this season that it scored its first two Emmy nominations, which yeah, is this pretty was, wild. In the, this was yeah, crazy. Alex- I didn't
0: – Honestly, I didn't even I didn't know what category the hell they would be up for in regards to <laughs> Emmys. It just doesn't seem like a, a show that would get one. But um, they received a nod for outstanding unstructured reality program um, so that and they're up against um, Indian Matchmaker on Netflix, RuPaul's Drag Race, Untucked, Selling Sunset. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And then uh, they got a second nomination for what was it? It was outstanding
1: picture editing.
0: Yeah. What?
1: Who knew? Who knew that was an award? But still, it is, it is. Oh no. It is an Emmy, no,
0: editing for an unstructured reality program. Just what a weird ass category. I feel like they're just adding extra categories there. Um, but they're up against Deadliest Catch, Life Below Zero, RuPaul's Drag Race, Untucked again. So they they're they're up against some steep competition. I don't know what the competition is for because I don't know what picture editing, picture editing for an unstructured reality program really means.
1: No, no, no idea. But we'll <laughs> see how this pans out. I, you know, I think eventually, eventually she will sign because um, if she showed up to the reunion, I have to imagine that she's going to show up for another season. I just, at the end of the day, money talks, and I think they're going to make it work for everyone, and including maybe. Even Bravo, I could see saying, hey, we'll financially cover your expenses if you need to go for something, some sort of retreat to better yourself.
0: Yeah, we'll see.
1: I I, I will see. All right. Number nine.
0: Number 9 Jamie Foxx out all over the place uh, over the last few days. This was crazy. It went from Jamie Foxx, we don't know if he's alive, if he's dying, what's happening, and now he is all over Chicago. We saw a couple days ago he was on a boat ride waving to fans along the riverbed. Then he went to a top golf. Then he helped some woman, I guess he retrieved her bag after it fell off of a like a little horse and buggy or not not a horse and buggy, it was like a a bike and buggy, I guess her purse fell off he grabbed it handed it back to her. i mean he's just literally all over the place the last couple days looking great it was funny that first video of him on the yacht people were like oh that's ai it's not him it's not real and it 100 is him and he looks great so i don't know what what are your thoughts like how did you just kind of jump back into the swing of things
1: what i'm going to say is gonna be a little bit controversial in some ways depends on someone who hears it but I think Jamie Foxx did have some sort of issue. I, we don't know what the issue was, but I also think Jamie Foxx liked the attention of people talking about him and wondering how, you know, and mm-hmm. I know that sounds Like terrible, the, allure the, the allure
0: of the mystique of like,
1: all? Yeah, and I don't think, I think that's what he loved. He, he, wanted, he wanted people to be like, I want them to wonder what's going on with Jamie, if they're going to have Jamie Foxx, if they're going to, you know, so – but the other thing I, I also wonder is... So not,
0: was, not like a publicity stunt, but working off of what's really happening in his life and using it to the publicity advantage, in other words?
1: Sure. But I also feel bad, and again, I only say this because I don't know all the details, but he was working on a film during this time. And what about those mm-hmm. people that are working on the film who are wondering, like, hey... Am I going to be able to work again? Like, this was a job for me. So
0: yeah. well, there was people sort of filming. depending on him. That is one thing. They did keep filming. But I agree. There is an aspect of a lot of people depend on him. I love seeing him out and about. I'm really happy he's healthy. Um, but it was weird how it just, there was no talk. and they, There wasn't anything coming out of his camp. And then it's like, and I'm on a boat riding down the river. And I'm playing golf. Like, what? <laughs> how did it go yeah. from nothing to all of this?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. All right, moving on, number eight.
0: Uh, number eight, there is now a photo to corroborate these stories of Kim Kardashian and Tom Brady apparently hanging out at the white party, at Michael Rubin's white party. Um, and, you know, all the people, people saying, oh, I, I think they're they're seeing each other. They may be dating, all this kind of stuff. And someone asked me this this week. They're like, are they dating? I'm like, no chance in hell. I don't think that they're dating. Um, and then this photo comes out, And one of the sources said, no, look, they barely even talk to each other at the party. And so people saw this phone. They're like, oh, look, they did spend time together. It is literally one shot inside of them potentially saying hi. That's it. You know, so in my mind that. It still checks out. Of they could have said hi to each other, walked in, and that was the rest of the evening. I don't really see them getting today, together, but maybe I'm crazy on this one.
1: No, you're you're you actually are correct. I talked to multiple people who were at the party, and when this story came out, I asked them. I said, "Hey, is this story accurate?" And they're like, "That doesn't really like come." There was no discussion of that. No one was talking about the party. Um, there was just. When you're one of the two biggest celebrities at the party, you're eventually going to cross paths because you're at a house. Mm-hmm. And you, ha- you you both know each other are. You're going to talk to each other and say hi. But it was nothing more than them just kind of a small conversation. They, they weren't flirting from the people I spoke to. There was not a long conversation. In fact, they were in like separate kind of parts of the party. Um, yeah. If anything, they should be talking about there was an ESPN reporter. No, uh, no, female,
0: no. A female. I – can I tell you my favorite part of the story? What's Hold that? on, we'll get to your ESPN reporter. Okay. But my favorite part of this Tom Brady story is there's this big old Daily Mail article. They're breaking down the fact that, you know, our are, are Kim and Tom, are they dating? Did they actually interact? And then it goes a quote from a source. He actually spent the evening with Emily Redajakowski. They were together most of the night and looked very cozy, the insider revealed. They didn't uh, leave together, but if anyone was getting close, it was them. I was like, this woman works like overtime. It is unbelievable. Yeah. Like the publicity behind Emily Redajakowski, I don't get it. There is no way she is dating all of these people all the time. She has the best. PR or I like, I don't know what it is cuz it's always connected to some huge person and I still wonder if they even ran into each other or someone is like oh let me just leak out some Emily stories. Uh, it's but, so but,
1: funny you say that. Like, come- yeah, I I was thinking the same as I think it was like battle of the publicists between Kim talking to Tom Brady, Emily talking to Tom Brady. There it's none of that happened. And I know that from people. I know it's from the people who threw the fucking party. Like I, I, I this is I have a good source there, but I will say this. There was something happened. There was an, I think an ESP, some broadcast personality, a a person who was kind of going up to Tom Brady and like asking for Mm -hmm. photos, but then go up to a, a lot of celebrities at the party and asking them for photos. And it wasn't that scene, even though you see all the parties, the photos from the party, but it wasn't like the type of party where you're supposed to go up to people and ask them for a photo.
0: Does that make sense? They're too famous at this party. Yeah,
1: It was just like, Act cool. Act like you belong and not taking selfies. Um, By the so. way,
0: w- Emily needs to find something to do. Like She needs to like have something that is a storyline other than who she's dating, in my opinion. Because that's all right. we ever see. And it's a- the only thing that keeps getting pushed in our faces over and over and over again. Like, hey, this is who she's seeing out with. This is who she's dating. Like, I want to do a story about how she's acting again or something. Come on. Let's change it up. Sure.
1: I like that. Number seven.
0: All right. Number seven, Britney Spears. There is a date for her very brave memoir, the woman in me. um, And they revealed the cover. And so this is a big deal. This was talked about all this week. Um, They revealed the cover. She's topless on the cover. It looks like an older photo from, one of her albums, or something like that. Uh, but anyway, so this is going to be her her memoir. Everyone's been talking about it. It's um, it's getting published by Gallery Books. I don't know how they they won the rights on this because I could tell you every book publisher wanted this book and so they describe it as Brittany's compelling testimony in open court shook the world changed laws and showed her inspiring strength and bravery Um, they went on to say I have no doubt her will have similar impact and will be the publishing event of the year we couldn't be more proud to have her share the story at last well yeah because you're going to make a shit ton of money off of this it was funny I was reading some of the comments in our private Facebook group where some people were like nope not not going to check it out <laughs> Um, if she does the like the audio version and she reads it, I'm in. (laughs) Yeah, I know that be reading the book. That'd be so great.
1: That actually be incredible if if Brittany does the audio book. Dax, do you think she actually got in front of a computer and wrote this book? No, but most of them don't.
0: Most people will sit down with someone who basically asks build questions and dissects their life and writes down and constructs it and they work together britney spears is not sitting there at her typewriter like you know it's just not happening so if someone she tells story they can regurgitate it into a book form then yeah it's still a memoir
1: i guess i mean i probably will not read the book because the way books come out now especially celebrity books you just got to read that first press article that covers like kind of the the good parts about like the good parts yeah. about the book the last that's book the, i read yeah
0: it was like bob Iger. that's the thing a lot of these books you get all the good excerpts throughout the news leading up to it and then you're like okay well thanks for all getting it there is a podcast out there that's like celebrity book review i may have to listen to that podcast once the book comes out, and they'll just give me the Cliff Notes version, so I don't have to actually read it myself.
1: Man, if she actually reads that book, that's going to be incredible. That audiobook <laughs> will become that's going to be like the number one thing streaming on Spotify or somehow. That's going to be incredible. Brittany's also in the news because she did a video where she basically said that she still wants an apology, a public apology from the NBA player, NBA player Wembenyama, the security, the guy who hit her last week. Well, I guess mm-hmm. she never got a formal apology, so she's still looking for uh, an apology. She just wants it to hear weird. I'm sorry well, from him.
0: Well, And I don't understand because he's been asked – Victor has been asked a couple times on you know, a couple different press opportunities to say, Brittany, I'm sorry I didn't have anything to do with it. I'm sorry my security guard – acted out of turn you know he he shouldn't be treating people like that there's a thousand ways you could say i'm sorry even though it wasn't his fault What was so hard about them kind of just issuing an apology to move then just move on
1: yeah i don't know what's going on there that this guy maybe he knows the truth maybe he doesn't want to uh bother the security guy i'm secure I'm, I'm, I'm i have to imagine the security guy you mean still the truth we watched it
0: on video she clearly gets like backhanded in some sort of way she gets hit but uh, again i say sorry when i run into someone at the supermarket or step in front of them and like oh so, sorry my bad my bad you can't say sorry when someone's actually physically hit true true
1: all right uh number 6
0: uh number 6 tom holland says the industry actually really scares him. He says he doesn't like Hollywood and he is now clean and sober and it has completely like changed his his way of life. He did uh he sat down with Jay Shetty's podcast and just kind of explained his struggle to be part of the business while m- maintaining his sense of self. He says that, you know, he's a big fan of making movies, but he doesn't call it what he says is not for him. He says the business really scares him. He says he understands that he's a part of the business and he enjoys, you know, the, the, the interactions he has with it. But he's always looking for ways to remove himself and kind of just be like normal and live life as like normal as possible. He said that he definitely thinks there's this ongoing thought, which is like, don't lose yourself. He's seen a lot of his friends in the industry lose themselves and he's had friends grow up and they just aren't who they used to be. And he's like, I don't want that for for myself. And he's like, so I I focus on what makes him happy which is his friends, his carpentry, golfing, charity, the charity his mom runs, stuff like that. And that is his way to kind of protect himself. And he doesn't talk about his relationship with Zendaya. He's like, that is extremely private to me. He's like, because that's really the only thing we have at this point because everyone else makes it so public. So he's like, I don't wanna answer questions about it in uh, interviews. And then that way I have something special for the two of us. And I'm like, that is a really healthy way to look at this industry. Cause you see a lot of people, they get super famous, quickly and they do lose themselves and they, they lose their passions in life and their relationships become so public that they get kind of ruined or crucified because everyone feels like they should be a part of it. And um I thought, just thought that was a very mature way to look at all of this.
1: Such a mature it actually made me like Tom Holland more. It's not like I ever disliked him. Mm-hmm. I just, he was like, he was just an actor to me, which I respect because he didn't, I always say he, his private life never outsho never outshadowed his overshadowed work life. Yeah, overshadowed. I I would say his private life never overshadowed his professional Mm -hmm. career. And I appreciate that in an actor. And I've seen him, I don't I've I wouldn't even say I've met him. Like I've seen him around a few times at premieres and stuff. And he handles it very well with the fans. It's not like he's going out like tap dancing and looking for attention, but he gives them that moment to make them feel good and then he moves on. Like he's very cool about it. I appreciate the interview. He's also a uh, And he, he said he's sober as well. Yeah. Interview. So he
0: tried, so he tried out dry January and uh, I guess he really just liked the way that he felt because he, you know, he realized, Oh, I'm waking up every morning and thinking I, I need to have a drink. I, I want to have a drink. I, you know, and so his mind was so focused on drinking. He didn't realize that he had kind of, he, he says uh, he didn't claim it as like alcoholism, but he did say he's, there is an alcohol thing here and whether that could be addiction. No, he did say I was definitely addicted to alcohol, but found um, that he needed to change up his life. And so he is now sober and he's like, I just feel fantastic. It's the best I've felt in a long, long time. So, um you know, I, I think that's phenomenal. I, I, the more I read this article, I'm just like, the more I like him.
1: Yeah. I, I, actually, I just like a guy who's got a good, outlook on hollywood because it's so insane it's so ridiculous and to see like his feet are on the ground i appreciate Mm -hmm. that because it's difficult and there's not a lot of people who have that you know all right number five
0: number five the uh, drama the saga continues with kevin costner and his ex-wife christine uh he has now been ordered to pay quote unquote, an obscene amount of money in uh, support to her, $129,000 in child support uh, per month. Uh, But this is much less than what she was wanting. She wanted uh, $250,000 a month and uh, I guess the judge was like, yeah, no. But not only that, she's getting the 129000 but she also has to prove why she needs that money. And if it comes back that she doesn't actually need 129000 a month, then the judge will reduce that even more. Which um, I, I guess I'd never heard of that. I didn't realize that was a thing. Like, here, I'll do this, but like then come back. So I got to imagine she's going to be like, well, I need to... I, Buy a lot of stuff for these kids because you got to rack up a hundred twenty nine thousand dollars bill every month. So you get a huge house, and you know you, you throw a lot of that in rent. And I, I think if you really made me, I'd spend hundred twenty nine thousand dollars a month.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. Um, but they, <laughs> these two are just they're they're kind of really at it. They um, Kevin Costner's really pissed because he thinks that his ex wife was basically. She knew all this stuff was going on, so she was trying to spend more money. So, for example, she said – Kevin Costner was saying that they always lease cars. Well, before they kind of got divorced and she saw it coming, she bought a car, so it would be in mm-hmm. her name. So there is – so she tried to kind of make some moves before everything kind of went down to kind of put herself in a good position. Pretty insane. And the lawyers are – it's its going to be a pretty big legal battle.
0: I, it's- oh, 100%. And he's already asking for like – because she's fought the prenup so much that there's been a $99,000 bill from his lawyers just on the prenup aspect. And he's like, I shouldn't have to pay a $99,000 bill because – we already discussed a prenup. This shouldn't even be a discussion. So he's seeing if she'll pay for that or asking the judge to have her pay for that bill. Um, but it was kind of a double whammy this week because he also got left out of the Emmy nominations for Yellowstone. Uh, his name did not show up there, which is, you know, for him, I mean, I I don't know if he still cares about that stuff, but I, I got to imagine it still burns a little bit for a huge show and not to be nominated. I don't know. I it some sure some people, it's other people don't.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, Kevin Costner, at the end of the day, everyone wants to be in the news, but for the right thing. No way, Kevin Costner. He's got, it's got kind of to sicken him to see his name in the news every, every day regarding his divorce. Yep. He's, he's never been a flashy guy in the tabloids, and this is the first time we're kind of seeing what kind of guy Kevin Costner is and not saying it's right or wrong. It's just it's weird. It's different to see him in this eye. He's always been sort of like a mysterious actor. He comes out, does a great job. They don't see him. You always think he's just like in Wyoming playing with bison or something like that. I don't know. He's just <laughs> playing with playing bison. With, I don't know. That's just my interpretation of Kevin Costner. He's just, a, he was just like a mysterious dude. Now I'm like, dude, this guy had a pretty fancy life. No wonder why we didn't know about him. All right. No. Number four.
0: Uh, number four, finding out the cause of death for uh, Lisa Marie Presley. You know, the, a lot of rumors were swirling. What was in her system at the time? Well, the coroner has now uh, released their findings and said that she died of a bowel, small bowel obstruction. Um, they did find some opioids in her system, but I guess that was because she had a recent plastic surgery or cosmetic surgery. And so she had some opioids in there, uh, where therapeutic levels of oxycodone in her blood. Um, There was a second one that was, I guess, to treat opioid overuse. Um, And um, so I guess what it comes down to as the the bowel obstruction, it was a form of strangulated small bowel caused by adhesion that developed after um, like a gastric bypass years ago. Um, But it was interesting. I was reading the TMZ story. The amount of times they mentioned bowel obstruction, I was like, okay guys, get over it. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, we get it. We get it. They did it like 47 times. I'm like, all right. I think they're just trying to make themselves
1: make a joke for tomorrow. And somehow when they make this this show, but uh, yeah, I think it was sort of, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of refreshing conclusion in a way. Cause I think anytime now when we hear a death in Hollywood, especially at that sort of age, or almost any age sort of I mean but that age that she died mm-hmm. you have to think of oh they died from drugs and oh, with this situation I think it's just like comforting comforting to know that
0: she it that wasn't, wasn't the drugs. main cause and she she dealt with a lot of drug issues and alcohol issues throughout the years um, so I think that had to be a little nice to know that that was not the you know the full cause
1: yeah and it actually again when they found her at her home there is no drug paraphernalia. There's no narcotic, uh, narcotics found at our home. So I think it's kind of um, in some way satisfying conclusion to
0: the story. Yeah.
1: Cause I think again we're always waiting for those those reports to find out how did they die. And now it's like, okay. It By the way,
0: that was number four and a half. I apologize. That was, that was Thank four, you. That was four. four and a half. So then you know what, Dax? Tell me number four. Number four is <laughs> <laughs> I bet I bet half the people are tuning in just for this story right here. Kim Zolciak and Croy have put a pause on their divorce like we Mother freaking called it. um yeah, these two have been all over the place, but obviously um they have been at each other's throats, and now suddenly, out of nowhere, they've decided. Let's not divorce. Let's stay together. That seems like a great idea, even though we've been all up in the courts. We've been calling the cops on each other. We've been just uh, ranting and raving about each other all over every social media platform and on all the blogs and uh, all the people in our camps have been leaking out information. But now, no, we're fine. What's the actual fuck, Adam? Come on.
1: We've been saying this from the beginning we've this for the last what? Two months, every week, we've been talking about this story, and there's red flags, and they're just we and Kim's also back on the show. So mm-hmm. it's
0: well, so it, the the whole premise was that these two were just because they were just fine bef- like two months or two weeks before all hell hit the fan and and i was like this doesn't seem right like they were doing just fine now all of a sudden they hate each other and they can't stand each other and they're getting restraining orders or whatever the hell was going on it just seemed weird and she was off the show and they're going through money problems so what better way to get yourself back onto a show is then cause a bunch of drama get people interested in your life again so you can get back on the show so you can start making money again oh Fake some drama with you and your husband. And now look, she's back on the show. Amazing how that worked out. And the whole world's talking about her.
1: Dax, was there any red flags during the stories for the past month and a half since this was going on? Like, what was the first red flag? That my like, my Man, personal big one on here.
0: My personal big one was that they were still in the house together. And I know when we did Heather McDonald's show, she said, look, a lot of that comes down to financial. Like if you, If you don't have the money to get another place, you stay. My thought is you both know a lot of people. Go stay with a friend. Or, you know, I know that they were kind of fighting over custody of the kids. So that would put an issue. But, like, I couldn't imagine living under the same roof as my ex or my estranged partner and then be, like, just talking so much shit publicly about them. That to me just, it didn't make sense. Like I, I felt like they were meeting up in a room at night and going, okay, what's the plan for tomorrow? What kind of things can we file at the courthouse to, to strum up more publicity about ourselves? Okay, good, break. And then next day, there's more stuff. It just didn't seem real. The only thing, okay, I will have to say, there is a um, some footage that came out where cops were called to the house and there was body cam footage of them walking around again i think radar put it out and they're walking around and they're talking to her and she's kind of freaking out and crying and all of that that to me legitimately seemed real so i don't know if she is a fantastic actress or there was a problem one night and she called but that to me seemed legitimate that didn't seem like a red flag yeah in so, regards to publicity stunt versus not a publicity stunt
1: so dax my final question for you for this it was well is was this publicity stunt and we're saying we are saying that it was a publicity the greatest stunt. We don't of know.
0: all time what? was it successful? Well yes, she's back on TV right so that, yeah it worked out that's the goal you you're you're struggling monetarily and you're about to lose your big old mansion and people are starting to not care about you and you, you don't know how to make money anymore yes it freaking worked we taught we've talked about her and croy for the last seven weeks straight they are on top of the world they're back on people will tune in to watch her which means if she is drawing in that crowd guess what you can have the raquel effect you can ask for more money
1: uh speaking of uh somewhat publicity stunts dax number three
0: Number three, Tori Spelling and her kids are staying at a $100 per night motel. But I guess there is some more details behind this. You know, this is not really related to the split with Dean McDermott, which a lot of people were talking about, uh, but it's because she booked some rooms there at this um, kind of crappy hotel in Los Angeles because there's a big old mold issue going on at the the marital home. Um, Dean doesn't seem to be staying with them, so I don't know where he's at, but um it says Tori and Dean are doing good and her staying at a hotel with the kids has nothing to do with the separation. So they decide to stay there because there's an ongoing ongoing mold problem at their house. Tori is taking the issue very seriously, isn't going to subject herself or her kids to that. Um, But yeah, you look at pictures, it's kind of shocking to see her coming in and out of this hotel because it just looks so janky for a woman who grew up in the literally the biggest mansion in all of Beverly Hills
1: do you think this was some sort of setup shot? Somehow the paparazzi. Hold on, are let me see. Let me motel. let
0: me look at the credit splash. you, hmm. actually looks
1: great. Look at her. I mean, look at her body. Her body looks great. I mean, she's show, She's got pretty decent fashion on. And then all of a sudden, you see the ste- the photos of her walking down the steps at the motel. to kind of paint a picture. Um, you're telling me she couldn't get it? At a, there's no Hilton. There's no Holiday Inn. <laughs> there's there's other you're in los angeles there are so many hotels that are not that much more money plus it, let's just say you're staying for a few nights i i gotta imagine if you has a lot of hotel points
0: i also think if you're staying for a few nights you couldn't go stay at your mom's house because her, her and her mom are doing very good now right her mom has yes, a he, giant penthouse in where is that like culver city area um I would think that if it's for a couple nights, your mom's going to say, "Sure, come stay. I've got 15 bedrooms." So you know Dax, what I'm saying?
1: After seeing this publicity stunt, or not, or not, according to you, your thought, your guess.
0: I think this is a publicity stunt. Same here. I don't I think, think it's a bad one. I, I think it's no. set up, but that's and again, it's. I struggle with this because publicity stunts seem so cheap. But I'm also I I like the game behind it and I like to see the creativity behind it. And if it works to get her to the next stage or get the attention that she needs, then like boom, it did its job. And I like that. (laughs) I like that she's being creative and thinking, like, how do I stay relevant? So I would applaud her for thinking outside the box. I don't know. I'm not mad.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not mad at that.
0: To me, you gotta remember it's fun.
1: And this we're all in this because it's all high school. It's fun to us. It's stupid. It's fun. And it's like even the word paparazzi. Mm-hmm. You might call me a paparazzi because I cover entertainment news. But if I'm doing politics, I'm not a paparazzi. I'm a I'm a journalist. So it yep. kind of plays into it. this is show business. Well, it you know,
0: honestly, I, I laugh at the word paparazzi because it's just by the size of your camera. The bigger the camera yeah. you go from paparazzi to journalist.
1: It's wild. All right, number
0: two. Uh, number two is Zayn Malik talking out for the first time. He sat down on the Color Daddy podcast, talking all about his relationship with Gigi Hadid, his relationship with Yolanda Hadid, that whole dispute that they had. Getting into you know him and his relationship with his daughter. Uh, but it, this was kind of a really rare glimpse. Uh, into his life, he do, he doesn't do interviews. He really stepped out of the spotlight for many many years. So this was like his first interview, and in what what did it say? Like five years or something like that. Yeah, he doesn't do them. Um, it was crazy, but he he <clears throat> he did address the incident with Yolanda, but didn't really go into it as much as I think everyone wanted him to go. Like you wanted to hear the the juicy details of them, like fighting with each other because the cops were called and there was a whole like uh, uh, a, a statement issued with the police and all this kind of stuff and he basically said like look um the situation was handled as it should have been the narrative on the story was what i didn't want to get out there and it, it, it ended amicably. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Tell us more. Tell us more. <laughs> uh, but he said that he's got a really good relationship, co-parenting relationship with Gigi. They really focus on their kid that, uh, you know, it, it really is all about the child when it comes to them, that that is their main focus. Uh, he talked to all about um leaving one direction and he just said that he could see there were signs of like people kind of starting to argue or wanting certain things their way and he goes you know what i just wanted to get out i wanted to, to work on my own album i wanted to be the first one to exit the group um that way that you know i i could be the first one out of there and then he you know he's just like i knew it was gonna crumble after that not necessarily because of him but because these guys had worked so close together for so long he goes i still have an amazing relationship with all of them you know we went through a point in our life that no one else could relate to we went from like normal people to superstars almost overnight And he goes i didn't really realize or appreciate that when it was happening but he you know i think he looks very fondly on his time with one direction anyway it was an interesting interview
1: I wish she would have dug a little bit more into what happened between him and Yolanda. So I think there's still, <laughs> we still wonder what's going on. We
0: still on want there. to know. I want more details. I don't think he's I mean, giving it up, though.
1: That's the fun part, but I'm glad. I'm actually, do you think before he did this interview, he told Gigi Hadid him doing this interview, or did he just? He do had it? to have.
0: He had to have. There's no way. Like the mother of your child, I think he definitely told her and just said, Hey, I'm going to give you a heads up. I'm going to do this because whatever. Maybe as a, a, you know, good working relationship with Alex Cooper or whatever the case is. Um, but, you know, I, I think he had to have let her know.
1: All right. Number a half. a half,
0: one and a half. It is um, SAG-AFTRA. They are now striking. So we obviously had the, the writer strike going on in Hollywood. A lot of the writers have been uh, on the picketing lines over the last couple of weeks. They are looking for, you know, a, a lot of like, uh residuals and they want to be compensated fairly for their work in the industry and with a lot of these streaming platforms they're getting screwed out of those residual incomes so you know they're they're losing out on a lot of money well now the actors are also joining in and so i'm really curious to see what happens because we're obviously recording this on thursday night come friday morning i don't know what happens with television and stuff around the country like Adam, I, I don't know if you know, like, is GMA, is that the hosts of their, is, are they SAG-AFTRA?
1: So it's a weird thing. And again, I'm still trying to figure it out myself because I don't think, I'm just trying to figure it out myself. But I talked to a, a friend who's in radio and a radio host is considered SAG-AFTRA. However, mm-hmm. because they're, um, I forget the word, because of the type of content they, they do, they're allowed to still do their thing.
0: Gotcha. So it depends on the so, medium, maybe. Because yeah, I, know I think that of, it's a lot of like you can't get in front of the camera. So because of this strike, uh, they basically, they you know, there's 160,000 union members, and they're required to to like follow strict rules. Um, and those are like uh, no no acting, obviously, no singing, doing motion capture work in front of camera. Um, but then it, it like keeps going on and on. They can't be doing like voiceover work. No, or re-recording their voice for a scene, narrating, voice acting. They can't do any costume fittings, makeup tests, rehearsals. They can't do anything for upcoming projects. No form of promotion uh, for any of their projects. So like, again, the Barbie cast, you're not going to see them doing any more interviews over the next couple of weeks. Oppenheimer cast, they went, they literally walked the red carpet and then there was a time cutoff and that time cutoff prohibited them from going into the theater to actually continue to promote the movie. So they literally walked the red carpet and then had to leave to go, um, you know, be a part of this strike or they would be considered scabs. So, um, it's, it's it's very interesting to see like what happens. There's no fan expos or conventions. So with um, Comic-Con coming up, you're not going to see the normal where you see like all these actors promoting the big Marvel movies or DC movies down there and them sitting on panels and talking about like that's all gone because of this strike. So it- let me
1: ask you this, Dax, I, and I guess we're going to find this out because we're still trying to figure this out. Mm-hmm. If I go to Comic Con, besides those panels where, let's just say, the cast of Indiana Jones speaks, for example, mm-hmm. can a, a a celebrity like Stephen Amell, who does Comic Cons and does autographs, is he allowed to go to Comic Con and do paid autograph appearances?
0: No, I don't think so. I don't think I. I uh, you know, because that's autograph. just for himself. He's like, yeah. hey, listen,
1: people are just coming to. You know, I'm just selling that's my a, autographs. It's...
0: That is a good question. I'm going to be honest. I don't know the answer to that because it is not promoting a project. Like if he's not promoting, let's say he was still doing arrow or whatever the hell it was. If he was promoting that there, then it would be a no. But if he's going to just sign autographs, maybe I don't, I don't know.
1: So I'm actually nervous for my line of work because I'm afraid that celebrities won't talk to me, talk to me anymore because of union. And I'll say, Hey, I'm not in union. I'm YouTube. Uh, but mm-hmm. they, they could say that as a cop, Hey, I don't want people to come at me because I'm speaking to you and I'm not allowed to do other interviews. So again, well, what, if, what, if what if you ask some questions?
0: What if you ask some questions about the strike?
1: I could start, ask
0: some questions about the strike and then I go into all the bullshit. You say who had the best fashion at the strike? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about the, the fashion at the strike, you know? So so the last time that um, they actually had a writers and um, actor strike was back in like 1960 when they were both striking at the same time. So this is a pretty pretty big deal, and a lot of it comes down to streaming. They want they want more money. So I get it.
1: I get it. I get it. It's but there's a lot of guys that are um, it's there's people are upset. There's some people saying that this is only helping out the people that are making some money. Like the union, but yet again, if you're in the union, you have to kind of stand all together. It's it's a really weird situation, from what I'm hearing. Yeah, but I've, I've had both had a, sides I've are very far of, apart.
0: I've I've talked to a bunch of friends that are actors, and it really is they're they're getting screwed for. And again, it's it's hard to be like oh, rich people problems, but they're also they're not all the rich people. You know, I mean, there's actors that aren't the jennifer aniston's like those are not the people you're worried about it's the the lower level where they they perform and then it shows on some streaming network five billion times and they don't get anything out of it whereas if that would have been a movie or on television they would end up making a ton of money over time so streaming networks are taking advantage is basically what it comes down to anyway all right let's move on
1: all right dax on to the number one story of the week
0: Number one story of the week definitely has to go to Jonah Hill and his ex-girlfriend posting a bunch of, well, alleged texts from him and blasting him as a misogynist. Um, So if you have been living under a rock, you didn't see all these texts that were going around where she aired out a lot of his alleged dirty laundry um, by posting that claims or she posted these uh, old texts from him, painting him as just a really toxic partner. So Sarah Brady, who uh, is a surf instructor, and she dated Jonah Hill back in 2021. And she's just dragging the actor publicly on her Instagram account, not really holding back at all. She's posted several text messages that are a tribute to him saying that um, she was concerned about like her past in the relationship. And now that she's like really talking about it publicly, she can kind of move on and heal from the wounds that he uh, created. Um, So here's the thing, Adam, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I have read through a lot of this stuff. Um, It's just so all over the place that I had a really hard time following it. Like, I feel like there needed to be more context. Um, I, It sounds like she had some photos up on her Instagram page of her in a bikini, maybe revealing a bit. And then he wanted those pulled down because he's like, we're in a relationship, so you showing off your body um, isn't great. And there was another one about he wanted her to have boundaries between friendships with guys and... I, I just felt like I came in halfway through a movie and I didn't, and I missed the beginning and I didn't get to see the end. Cause I walked back out is really what I felt like reading these texts. So I don't, I don't know who's in the right. I've heard both sides. People being like it clearly he is a toxic partner to be with. And other people saying, no, he's setting boundaries. He's doing a good thing. I don't know. I honestly have no idea. What did you get out of it?
1: I agree with you where I was still lost in context there's a lot of people going against Jonah Hill in this situation. Mm-hmm. I will say what he wrote to her based on what I saw, I wasn't like, oh, my God. It's so I – was, I wasn't blown away by what he said. <laughs> However, at the end of the day, the one takeaway that I feel like I got from him is that Jonah Hill is a person that, you know, again, I'm, I'm on the outside looking in. So the one, I, I think Jonah Hill is someone who doesn't feel comfortable in their own skin.
0: But he's, he's acknowledged that.
1: Oh, for sure, hundred percent. He
0: he is a, uh, he he's dealt with depression. He's dealt with anxiety. He's dealt with, um, having a lot of, uh, I guess just issues, mentally, especially in relationships. Right, like he he's talked about that before. Um, so anyway, sorry to interrupt, but no, yeah, that I, w-
1: that was it. I mean, then they, like it's sort of probably a jackass thing. Like, I have you ever met Jonah Hill?
0: Uh, I have not. I I mean, I've seen some videos where I was kind of turned off by his personality. He kind of came across as a, a jerk. But um, I, I've never personally met him, so it's hard to say that that was an accurate description of him.
1: When when he was doing the movie Funny People, or if you remember that movie, it was a Judd Apatow movie. I remember I was in New York, and I went to this bar called Black and White. and It was like the kind of bar Page Six was talking about at the time. So me and my buddy Jeff go there. Jonah Hill was there, and we we're kind of like in the same sort of like party-ish type thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember I saw him standing there on like the side, but like nobody was talking to him. I, I could just feel, and I don't know, but that he kind of felt uncomfortable because nobody was like he was like just by himself. So me and my buddy Jeff walked up and like, "Hey man, we're comics. You know, we saw you doing this movie. How do you feel doing stand-up?" And he was just so weird. And I was like, mm-hmm. "What I mean weird, he was just again. I'll say the same thing. He was uncomfortable in his own skin." Again, I, we've he's been outspoken about his um, his self-help, his self health, his, his, his mental health. So it's I again, I agree with you, I was just confused by the whole situation. I wish I had more context. I was surprised the girl blew him up. I feel like based on what I'm seeing on the internet, everyone's taking you know very anti Jonah Hill. but my question is to you Dex, we always say if you're his publicist, Mm-hmm. What do you do? How do you recover from this type of situation?
0: It, in this situation, I, I would almost tell him to stay quiet. Cause I don't feel like you it win. helps because you know what? This is an, an ex girlfriend. He is now with a new woman, Olivia Miller. They have a child together. I almost think you, this one you got to let just run its course. You know what I'm saying? Because people do move on and I don't feel like either one of them look terrible. And I, I, I just don't know because I, I feel like, like I said, I don't, I'm missing so much context into this that it's hard to say. And you're also not getting his perspective or her side of it. And I, I feel like I would need that for both of them. Um, so I am going to say to him I would stay quiet. I would stay quiet and and just let it go.
1: Eventually he's going to have to address this though.
0: Yeah. You well, can't avoid him. This. Someone someone big will ask him in a big interview is what it'll come down to. And that's when he'll have to create some commentary about it.
1: And then right. he answers it just like uh just like Zane did in that Call Me Daddy interview and just barely da- goes at it like just but, but dances here's around
0: it if this is what she needs to to feel healthy and move on and, and and you know regain her her self-worth or I can't remember her exact words but if if this is what she needs then I'm happy for her too you know what I'm saying like if this is what if, uh, is your personal therapy then by all means have your therapy too because i i would never tell someone keep your truth hidden locked away and don't ever talk about it you know what i'm saying so there you go she let it out and people there's a lot of people that don't like her talking about it either
1: all right and that is our top 10 or 12 stories of the week whatever you want to call it uh thank you guys for checking after watching on youtube like and subscribe uh, we have our own YouTube audience, but we also have an audio audience that people just like yeah, yeah. To the podcast, uh, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, run it all. I don't think we're on thread yet, but we got to jump on that. Um, we are on Facebook though. We have a private Facebook group called off the record, which I, you really should be on. It's a great community where you guys could talk to us. We could talk to you. You could talk to each other, everything, social entertainment news. It's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, follow me at, at AdamGlenn, G-L-Y-N. Follow Dax Holt at, at Dax Holt. We'll see you guys next week.
0: Later. Thanks, Adam, for getting me out of my funk. A at Media Production.